It's Robin Marshall, America's number one sugar mom. I took a week off last week because I had mentioned that one of my kids was having a problem. And uh, I've decided to just come clean, move forward, tell you what's going on because she went public with it today on all social media. You know, if you've been a listener and a follower of mine for a while, that um, I am an ovarian cancer survivor. I've had it twice. You know, people always say, how can you have ovarian cancer twice when they remove everything during the hysterectomy? And the answer is, I don't know. (laughs) But there's some area down there, uh, the lining of your insides, where it can just come back and have a recurrence. But in your 50s, I can understand being hit by something like ovarian cancer. But my daughter is 29 years old, and she just found out that she has breast cancer. And uh, it's a tough pill to swallow, truly, because not only have I gone through it and I understand what chemo can do to you, what your self-esteem breaks down into, why you point a finger at yourself and say, what could I have done to have prevented this? Why would it happen to me? Because I'm a good person. You know, the truth of the matter is, it can happen to any of us. And the bigger problem is that a lot of us just don't take care, follow through, be proactive and make sure that we stay out of cancer's way. Why give it an opportunity to jump in if you can be a little more proactive and preventive? So here I sit, as the mom who's been through it, watching my poor daughter, knowing that she knows, because she saw me through it. She saw how the chemo just runs its course and attacks whatever it wants. It doesn't just go after the bad cells. It goes after the good parts, too. It's not selective. And she knows it. She's been a witness to it. And so I am now worried that I showed her too much. Because who would ever think that their child at such a young age would be attacked by this ferocious beast? Yet here I sit, and I'm being tough as nails. And I'm being supportive, but I'm letting her know that she can beat this. And she saw that I beat it. So therein lies my saving grace. I'm still alive. So she has hope. You know, she and I are always the ones in the family out of my five kids that butt heads the most because we're so much alike. And This disease has a habit of humbling the body it's living in, the mind and soul of the person it is inhabiting. As a result, she and I, over the last three days, and I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, selfishly speaking, we have become much closer. Here's an abstract way of looking at things. If you're not close with your mom or you're not close with your dad, there's been a rift in your family and all of a sudden one of them dies, well, you think to yourself, well, you know, you're not going to hurt as badly because 
Things haven't been right between you in the longest time anyway. And then they die. And at times it can take you years to even realize that you don't have the opportunity to make things right anymore. So here I am sitting like an idiot, thinking to myself to pretend to stay strong. And I say pretend because while I was going through it with ovarian cancer, you know, the the funny part is I was never afraid. Never once did I think I was going to die. Never did the thought even cross my mind that anything of the sort was going to happen. I was more upset that I was physically inept. I couldn't go exercise. I was losing my hair. It was more of a cosmetic thing. And, you know, did they get it all? And once I found out that they did, I was okay. I mean, yeah, it's not easy. The drugs really do a number on you. But not once while having cancer. I never even thought about it until just a few minutes ago. Not once did I think I was going to die. Never did I not think I wasn't going to kick its ass. But here, when you have your child in front of you, you don't see it that way. You see it differently. No, I'm not saying she's going to die. I know that it's manageable. Yes, I've had friends that have died from breast cancer. And it breaks my heart. I feel like, why was I spared? And why weren't they? But I can't let her know that I feel any weakening whatsoever because she's got a pull from every ounce of strength I have. And I'm pretty beat up. Once you've lived through that disease, whether you think you're going to live or not, what it does to your body is pretty critical as you're going through it. I'm back. I'm afraid to say it. I'm looking for some wood to knock on. Hang on. I'm good. Now the dogs are going to start barking. But I am worried because I'm reliving what I went through while I'm trying to pull her up to the level that she needs to be at and maintained. Do you follow that? She's my kid. It's just, who knows? I don't think we understand the depth of love and what we really would do for our children until we're put in a situation where we can't do anything for our child when they're in trouble. What can I do except lead the way and hold her hand and make doctor's appointments and fight with the doctor on behalf of her with her on the phone to show her that she has the right to speak up. The doctors don't run her. She runs herself. She owns that body that that bastard is in and she has a say-so. And that's what I want her to know. But at the same time, there's that fine line. And this is what I tried to explain to her yesterday. You don't want to piss off your doctors. Yes, there's always another doctor. But how many times do you want to have to start over? You want to believe in the people that are in this profession that say that they know what they're doing. You want to believe they're going to follow through and cure you. But there's always that little piece of me. The doctor that makes me wait for two or three hours in their waiting room. Or the other doctor 
for instance, one of hers. His nurse let us know as I was on the phone with her that he could see her in 10 days and that normally surgery would be three weeks later. And it took everything in my power not to jump down this woman's throat because you don't make a patient wait 10 days to see a surgeon when we haven't even spoken to an oncologist yet and then drop the bomb that she's going to have to wait with this lump in her breast for three more weeks to get rid of it. Let me go back for a second. And this is another thing that makes me doubt some of the people in the medical community. How do you think she found out she had cancer? The nurse from her doctor's office called her and told her on the phone. Who does that? I think what happened was the nurse got confused because my daughter was waiting for the results from her biopsy. And the nurse thought the results were posted up on the medical chart that everyone has access to called Ren to make sure she had seen the results, which were not posted. And my daughter said, no, I haven't. And the nurse said, oh, well, it came back positive and you have breast cancer. (laughs) There was no result on the chart. The nurse spoke out of turn. My daughter completely flipped her lid, called me screaming and crying with no one home, The only thing I can say is there's got to be a lesson learned here. If you're a nurse and you're listening by some chance, don't ever do that. Don't ever call the patient and tell them they have a life-threatening disease. Have a consultation. Do it the right way. Don't assume anything. Oh, and I feel like I sound like I'm picking at things because I'm trying to just avoid the main topic, and that is I can't cure my daughter. I don't have control. This is a me problem. It's a Robin problem. And the bigger problem is I have to watch as it's happening. How do we do it? Just how do we do it if we are a strong parent who's always had control, who's always said to our child or children, when you're with me, Nothing can happen to you. I will always keep you safe. I feel like she might be looking at me as though I'm a liar all these years later. Maybe she thinks she caught it from me genetically. It's very possible. And I know I said something way abstract to my ex-husband. You know, it is our fault. And he said, what do you mean? And I said, well, cancer ran in my family. I had it. My mom, her mom, your mom. We put all that genetics together, shook it up, and spit out five kids. It's our fault. We made them, and they have to live with our defects. And he said, you know, Robin, I really don't look at things that way. I said, well, you know, I sort of need you to pull me out of this thought because I'm sort of stuck there for a minute. And he said, you're being ridiculous. It's not the right way to think. You know, she's going to be fine. We just have to deal with this and get through it. 
And it was just a little dose of reality that I was looking for. I needed maybe a quick slap in the face to snap me out of it. But that poor thing. Here's the other thing. She's got three sisters. I have four girls and a boy. Four of the girls were tested for this gene. It's the BRCA gene. It's a genetic testing that shows whether you are more apt to have breast or ovarian cancer later in life. And two of the kids came back positive and two came back negative. And you just won't believe that this daughter came back negative. The rest of the girls are freaking out because two were prepared to have it later in life and have already begun to be proactive. The other one felt like she was in the green, safe, Phew! And yet here, the daughter that thought she escaped didn't. Got bit. I don't know how long this podcast is going to be because I don't want to sound like I'm rambling. I think what I'm trying to say to you is times have changed. We don't have to wait till we're 50 years old to go have a mammogram. We don't have to wait till we're 50 to have an MRI of our breasts. If our parents had cancer... I would highly suggest you go have that BRCA test. It's a genetic testing that shows whether you are susceptible to breast and ovarian cancer. I can't speak for other cancers. I can only say, this is a new day. You talk to your OBGYN. You tell them you want to be tested. A lot of times, they don't even charge you for it. Your insurance will pick it up. Because if you think about it, The insurance company will have to spend less money if they are more proactive like you are ahead of time and not have to cover hospital bills down the road if you should ever have the cancer that you might have been able to avoid. Go get tested. Have your daughters tested. And if cancer runs in your family, and even if you don't have that test done, the BRCA test, Have your daughter talk to her doctor about having a mammogram at the age of 30. This is not our mother's generation. We make the rules now. Most insurance companies will take care of it. And God damn it, even if they don't, a mammogram, it's worth it to save your child's life or your own. Don't skip your appointments. God bless my daughter. She was proactive. She felt a cyst. She had had cysts before on the other breast, but they were nothing. So she assumed the same here, but it started to hurt her. I think we've all been told if a cyst hurts, it's probably just something like a fibroid or some other kind of cyst. But cancerous cysts are normally known for hurting or feeling any kind of discomfort They just sort of sneak up. That's the way I looked at it. But we were wrong. But thank God she went and had this biopsy because it kept getting bigger and bigger. Now the dilemma is, what is the procedure? This is the hardest part of all. She saw me lose my hair. She saw how traumatic that was to me. When I look back at it now, I realize I was letting my hair hold me captive. I remember one time in particular, I had had chemo and I was at a cash register buying something 
and I saw a couple pieces of my hair fall out of my head and land on the counter. And I saw the cashier brush the hair away onto the floor, not knowing it came from my head. And that was the moment I realized I got to end this. I just can't let this take over my emotions, my body, my soul, my everything. And that's the day that I went and I had my head shaved and I put on the wig I had ordered in advance. And that was it. I felt 100% better. But she knows all of that. And I'm hoping she pulls from the positive, the strength that I showed, rather than any weakness she may have witnessed. That's my dilemma. And I know it's hers. So we're now waiting to find out whether they're going to need to do chemo first to shrink that lump, then surgically remove what's there and have radiation, or if the receptors come back, oh, there are so many variables with these things called receptors that have to do with estrogen and proestrogen and testosterone and all these things that we normally don't ever have to think about. We're waiting for that to come back. And if it says one thing, it's what I just mentioned. If it says another, it means they will go right in and do surgery now. They don't know if they have to do a lumpectomy or a mastectomy. That ultimately will be her decision. And I think she's leaning towards doing that. Because she said to me yesterday, Mom, I'm tired of always worrying about these cysts. I, I just want a clean start. I want to get rid of them, if that's what it comes down to, and rebuild and know that I'm safe there. How do you argue with your child about that decision? She's 29 years old. And you know, she's probably right. But I'm still a little bit old school. And I think they're going to do MRIs on both breasts. What would you do? If the other breast had nothing to worry about, showed no signs, and the infected breast showed nothing else, would you have both of your breasts removed and rebuilt? Or would you just have that lump taken out and live your life as you were? It's such a tough call. Women today are so much more liberal. Honestly, when it comes to their bodies, they will electively go and have mastectomies because they don't want to deal with the fear of cancer. I have been fighting my other child on not to do that because when I think about it, yes, if you tested positive with the BRCA gene, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have breast cancer and it doesn't mean that you're going to have ovarian cancer. It just means that you tested positive for it. There are hundreds of women that have never had the test that never have cancer and when they're 90, they could go have the test and find out that they were positive. Nothing delegates what's really going to happen. It's just a sign of showing that you need to be proactive. So I said to my other daughter, you want to have your breasts removed. And if you do that, what happens if later on in life you wind up with ovarian cancer and never would have had breast cancer? It's such a tough decision. I don't know how these girls are thinking this way. They're so different. Millennials just have a different mindset about everything, even though we raised them. It's like they're a different species. Yes, they have our core values. 
They're good, solid people. I love my children. I'm proud of everything they've done. They're funny as hell. They're smart as whips. They're all college graduates. But there are times that I don't understand how they think. And it's not that they're smarter than me. Come on. What parent would ever admit that their child is smarter than them when we've had to hold them by the reins their whole lives? It's just they put a different spin on everything. They're so much more practical. They're more selfish. They don't want to talk about kids right now. It's the farthest thing from their minds. Even though they love children, they love their lives. They want to protect their lives and do whatever has to be done to keep that life afloat. So that's how they think. I guess they're right. I'm just still of that old thought. If it ain't broke, why fix it? Well, I wanted to fill you in on what's going on, and I still don't have the answer as to what procedure she's going to have to go through. I would love to know if you have ever gone through this with one of your children or yourself. No, I'm not going to take stories back to her because I don't believe in sharing stories in that way because they can frighten people. Well, let me just say this. When I had ovarian cancer, there were a million people that came up to me and said, oh my God, I went through it. I know what you're going through. I want you to eat this. I want you to exercise here. Oh, the odds of survival are next to nil. I mean, I heard it all. I also had people that were very supportive, but people don't know what to say. A lot of times they'll speak out of turn because they just don't know the proper things to say, but they feel they should say something. If you have experience in this subject, if you've gone through it, if one of your children have gone through it, write me. Give me your experience so I can filter it and see what I can pull out of what you have to say to take back to her. I only want logic. That's it. I don't want emotion. I want logical facts. Anything you can offer me is very, very helpful right now in my life for my daughter. I'll keep you informed. And then I'm going to be flying back to see my daughter and stay with her as soon as we find out what procedure needs to take place. One last thing. If ever you'd like to listen to the series I created called Lemons to Lemonade, one through six, you can find it on iTunes or you could go to my website, sugarmom.net. It's sugarmom.net. And just click on podcasts. The drop down will take you to Lemons to Lemonade. And it talks about everything I went through while having ovarian cancer. Some of it will make you cry. Some of it will make you pee your pants from laughing out loud. No kidding. There's a lot to hear and a lot to share with you so that you will go to that doctor. I can't push it enough. Go to the doctor. Have your little mammogram. Have your yearly exam. Be a good girl and do it. Tell your daughter too. Forever the mother. And speaking of lemons to lemonade, this just happened yesterday. My daughters have been so supportive of their big sister that they went and created this GoFundMe account for her so that she didn't have to worry about other expenses like co-pays and cold caps to try and not lose her hair if and when she does need the chemo. 
And I'm just so proud that they have stepped up their game and they have all circled around her so that she can't fall. They're just bracing her up and doing everything they can to make their big sister more at peace. You know, I'm very, very strong when it comes to having children teach other children. I just think kids learn so much quicker when another kid is the teacher. And what I'm suggesting to you, if you don't mind, is maybe let your daughter listen to this podcast. Let her hear what my kids have done for their big sister. Let them look at the GoFundMe account and what my daughters have said about their sister and how they're trying so desperately to allow her to have one little piece of happiness right now. Maybe your daughter would like to contribute $2 or $5 to the GoFundMe account with a little note that says, my mom let me listen to your mom's podcast. I hope you get better soon. My goodness, the light at the end of any tunnel, as far as I'm concerned, is when one child learns from another. It's like a little ray of sunshine. Once again, thank you for listening. I'll attach the GoFundMe website to this podcast in the description. My daughters range in age from 20 to 29, and I have a son who's just as supportive. Isn't it wonderful when you have children that really love each other and are best friends? I think it's a rarity, but these are most definitely extenuating circumstances. But they are that way all the time. Thank you for listening. It's Robin Marshall, Sugar Mom. Thank you.